Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Loudwood Pigeons, Ted Lasso, GCSEs, Missing Persons and Science Stuff. Now, Lippy. Hello. When I edited last week's episode, mm. there was quite a lot of noise in the background. Um, a wood pigeon, for one. And I had the <laughs> I had the window open, so there was all sorts of noise going on. Oh, no. But the wood pigeon has become a feature of Zoom calls that I've been in. And I quite often mm. get somebody say, is there a wood pigeon I can hear? Yeah. Where are you? <laughs> I think, well, yes, I think it is on the roof, just above the window. Mm. But I do apologise for that. It was hot. What can I say? Now, last week, I gave you a bit of homework, which no doubt you've not done. Or even remembered about. I literally, I don't even remember now. Even saying that, I don't even remember. Well, I tasked you with it rather than you uh, offering to do it. So it was the real name for, not the real name, but the translated name for Argentina, which is Land of the Silvery River. Mm. And apparently it is the River de la Plata, which is in Spanish is Silver River, which runs through Mm. Argentina. So that's why it's called Land of the Silver River. because That makes sense. Yes. It has and thank river. you for doing my homework for me. That's quite all right. That's <laughs> quite all right. So there's a lot of information on um, uh, New World Encyclopedia. So not Wikipedia for once, the New World Encyclopedia. It's just Ooh. got a whole load of information about it. Now, I had a message from the Screaming Tomato on Friday saying, listening to the new podcast, in the context of a music festival, Cabbage plays Havoc with me. If you whistle Havoc, I'll sing, see if I recognise it. So, presumably it was a group called Cabbage playing a track called oh, Havoc With Me. Which I also... I was very confused by that comment. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I was a little to begin with. And I think I responded and just made it worse, to be honest. Because, um, I mean, if you eat a cabbage, that does play Havoc with you. It does tend to. <laughs> it's where my mind went. <laughs> Yes. Would it also be a great name for a prog rock record or track, which is basically the whole of one side of a vinyl album. But so yes, that, that did make me smile. And on Sunday, we were down at Goodwood for minis at Goodwood. Yes. And bumped into Mini Matt. And turns out he is a massive Titanic fan, not of the film, of the event. And he puts it down to a book his dad had which were events that changed the world. And he agreed with me about the fire. He'd heard that somewhere before. Mm. And um, he said it was something about the speed at which they hit the iceberg because they were going for the Blue Ribbon Award, which presumably is the fastest crossing that sealed their fate. But oh. um, he quite fancies doing a special on the Titanic, which Ooh. is great because we can just sit back, ask some inane questions yeah. and, and let Matt go. My first question is... Can you be a fan of the Titanic? Well, you can be very you're a, interesting. You're a fan it? of a boat sinking. Fan of a boat sinking. Yeah, I see what you mean there. I, you can yeah. be uh, extremely interested or uh, what's, a, what's another good word for it? No, be I think it's just interested. by it. Y- yes. Um, by the event. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around telling people you're a fan of a sinking boat. No, no, that was my interpretation. And that, yes. You're quite right, actually. Um, if anybody else is a fan of a catastrophic mm. event, then please let a us Titanic know. A Titanic connoisseur, maybe. 
Well, no, that's no, that's just as bad. Yeah, that is. I think that's just as bad. Yeah, that could be actually. Now we've discovered a new program on. As much as I didn't want to get another streaming uh, service on, which actually I'm not paid for, Horse Whispers paid for uh, mm-hmm. on. Uh, what is it? Apple TV. Yes. Which has got a bunch of stuff on it. I'm really impressed with what it's got on there. Mm. And one of the series is called Ted Lasso, which is just brilliant. It is such a good series. So previously, my go-to character for what do I do in this situation was Jack mm. Bauer from 24 Obviously. Hours. Or 24. Yeah. Obviously. Because he gets out of a tricky situation. I've That's gone now. Ted Lasso. Because he is just so positive, absolutely bang on positive. No matter what the situation, he sees the best in it. I uh, haven't quite got around to watching it, but it is on my to watch list mainly because the new Game of Thrones um, pre what they call prequel has come prequel, out. Yes, yes, and I'm just stuck in that really. But I have seen a clip from it where at one point they're all giving the middle finger to a player and then he knows what that means. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure what that is. That bit is. Oh, you might not have got to that bit, yeah? Uh, probably have. I may have just missed it. But no. uh, but it's a brilliant characters and we've said this before on here on the expertise that some people can create comedy series or any mm. series where you're absolutely glued to the characters and you know who they are from the offset. Yeah, it's a stunning bit of writing. There is a connection with Scrubs. I think Bill Lawrence is the writer for both of those. Ah, okay. And, and Scrubs was a Scrubs was, was a brilliant, brilliant yeah, series well. as well. So I'm not I'm not surprised actually if that's mm. that's the main driver behind it. But yeah, if you can see anything on Apple TV, I'd highly recommend it. That's, that's a very very good series. And and uh, I can't remember what the Dragon Show is called. Oh, well, it's Game it's of Thrones. So it's, it's not. It's well, not. It's basically House of Dragon. Just, it's called House oh, of Dragons. It's, well, it's virtually Game of Honestly, Thrones. Honestly, it's so good. It is basically Game of Thrones, but uh, it's as good. It's it's impressive though that they've made it as good, and it's a prequel mm. and complete character role change. Um, one of the Doctor Who's is in it. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Yes, I had this conversation with a horse whisperer. It's, oh, I've seen she's been watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. He's incredible in it, though. If not slightly high-pitched voiced. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't quite match some of the lines, but it's quite good. I like it. No, the Horse Whisperer and Wife of Grumpy have both crossed the line into Game of Thrones, mm. and it's not one that I'm crossing. They're on episode 10. I've seen it. They've been. The issue with Game of Thrones, when you watch one, you want to watch all of them. Or none of them. You get sucked in. They're, have you watched one, though, the first one? No. No, not happening. Exactly, no. so you wouldn't know. No. You no. wouldn't know. No, definitely not. Anyway, moving on. Cars. <laughs> oh, so, <God. laughs> Lady Diana had mm. a Ford Escort RS Turbo Mark One for mm. a fairly short period of time. And the their, her security detail wanted it to be look normal, look like a normal Escort. So it, there are some differences. It's the only black one that Ford ever produced. And some of the detailing around it is looks more like a normal Mark III Escort than the RS Turbo. So it is a unique vehicle. And when she'd finished driving it, then it went back to Ford. And I think they the CEO of Ford had it for a while. They went into their museum. And I think it's now it was now in the private hands of somebody rather who put it out for auction at the mm-hmm. Silverstone Classic this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um 
I, normally at this point would say have a guess at how much it went for. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give you the figure because it is mind-blowingly high. I like it guessing, is... though. Okay, have a guess. Okay. Classic car. Classic One of a kind. Car. One of a kind. Very low mileage. Owned by Diana. In... And immaculate. I mean, it is utterly oh, yeah. immaculate. 650,000. Why would you got it? Bang on. How did you know that? <laughs> I actually read the notes for once. <laughs> Very good. I was I was stunned. That's mad. I, I was stunned. In fact, when I saw the news come through, I obviously uttered something. A wife of Grumpy said, "Is everything okay?" I went, "Yeah, I'm just a bit shocked." That's all. I wonder how much they originally paid to have it built. Uh, oh, how much would it be originally? Um, mm. Probably between five and seven thousand. I would have thought. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. I feel like it was. It's definitely worth more now. Well, they are fairly rare, so they do command uh, a bit of a premium, but nowhere mm. near that. It's the providence on that. I'll tell you, I bet you someone that really is a fan of Diana bought it. I don't know. I, all I know is it's staying in the UK, which is a good thing. That is really good, yes. So the escort the Prince of Wales had, Princess of Wales had, mm. uh, which had 25,000 miles on the clock, obviously 650,000, uh, same year... In white, obviously, with twice the mileage, 54,000, is 32,500 currently on Car and Classic. So it is, yeah. It's, it's an extortionate amount more. Well, it's, the, yes, it is. But it, it's the providence on it that is just remarkable. Mm. Anyway, changing the subject slightly to mathematics, Ooh. I was quite surprised and pleased to see that a 92-year-old man um took his GCSE in maths this year and passed with the with grade five, which apparently is the highest mark. No, it's not. Grade five isn't Oh hang on, the highest mark possible for the foundation course he's done. Oh yeah. So that's yeah, a C. So... Grade five is a C. I've recently learned what all the grades mean. Great I think eight is the highest. Eight is the highest. Eight, I think so, yeah. Yeah, you see well, I did CSEs, not GCSEs. <laughs> And it, and it worked the other way around. Well, no, because we had CSEs and O-levels. So yeah. CSE grade one was the highest, not grade eight. So it's very confusing. For I know. And people. I was, I, I feel like the year I did it was simple. It was A, B, C, D. It was A yes, it, yeah. star, A, B, C, D. Yeah. Yes, I don't know when that was changed. No. That's actually very impressive, though, because I don't think I could pass a foundation maths course now. And I did maths A-level. That's very true. So the last maths exam he, he took was in 1946. So a bit of oh time. <laughs> maths would have changed so much by like in that amount of time as well. Well, he said he used a slide rule, and I just about missed out on slide rules. We just about had calculators in by the time I did mm. um, CSE. Uh, this time he had a calculator and a magnifying glass because obviously it was quite yeah. hard to read. Yes. Because that's, I think, one of the things, actually, with a calculator doesn't help you because you have to show you're working. Yes, yes, So I guess with the slide rule, it's easier to show you're working. Uh, Well, not, well, Well, we're still using it to calculate stuff. Yeah, true. And it doesn't need batteries, so maybe maybe it's... But then there are certain questions that you're meant to show your calculator skills to work out. I don't know. No, because that was, well, that was in my A-levels. I wasn't very good at that bit. I had my calculator on the wrong setting, I think. <laughs> I still got the right possible? answer, but 
My calculator was not on the wrong right setting. It took a while. How bizarre. What was it on slow setting? Battery saver mode. <laughs> Very good. So at the other end of the age scale, mm. we've got the youngest person to fly solo around the world is a 17-year-old. Damn, that's young. It they can't even drink. Well, that's probably just as well. Yeah. So, took five months to go across 52 countries. Uh, born to British parents, but grew up in Belgium. Also, they would only just be able to drive a car. Yeah, we'll only just have a license. I think you can start at 16. Oh, yes, but you can't officially you pass, can't until, pass until, until you're 17. 17. You can't can't drive unaccompanied until you've passed anyway. So that was a silly comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, wasn't it? But that is a remarkable, remarkable achievement. Very, yes. To, to have done that. Uh, and I wonder what he'll go on to do. Mm. So sort of feel he might be an adventurer. Yeah, very focused mind, I feel like, to be able to do that. Yes, yes, absolutely. And quite a bit of cash as well, I should say. <laughs> Not <laughs> I mind being alone a bit as well. Well, that's very true. Very true indeed. But, you know, with communications these days, you're never really alone, mm. are you? Yeah. I think I would attempt to do around the world in a boat, just for the peace and quiet. Depends on what you count as around the world. I might accidentally get stuck in Florence. So you go through the Mediterranean and, and then the Suez Canal. Yeah. Yeah. You see, the Vendée Globe, which is around the world, goes round Antarctica, essentially. Yeah, I don't want to do that Oceans. bit, though. So technically it is round the world, but it is in the hardest seas to sail. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. One, because of that. Two, if you fall in, it's cold. Three, it's just cold. Well, I'd before- like to stop in Italy. And stay there. You, well, just, just go on holiday. I am on Saturday. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Oh, yes, as a heads up, uh, we won't be on next week. Oh, yes, we won't. No, so oh, I'll recycle something. I, well, you could do, but I think that's going to be unlikely. Yeah, that will so, be. So um, I'll recycle something from uh, maybe the early years. Mm. So are you all packed for your trip then? Semi-packed. I'm a, I'm a last-minute packer, mainly... Because I'm lazy. <laughs> do you unpack at the other end? Instantly. Oh, no, sorry. Do you mean at the hotel? At the hotel. Do you unpack it and put it in no, the drawers? And, not no, normally. No. no, I find that quite quite tricky as, as well yeah. to do. So for those of you that have followed our, uh, well, ups and downs over the last nine months, we were due to go skiing <laughs> we were. in April. Mm. Um, wife of Grumpy mislaid her passports and the horse whispers yes that um she just renewed so some of us could have gone but then mm. the duck um boy the duck boy the duck boy <laughs> injured his knee uh, at a football very match stupidly the week before mm. and i wasn't feeling particularly well so no. actually it was probably quite a good thing we didn't do so you managed to rearrange best. your flights for yes. the three of you to go to for zero pounds for zero pounds and the horse whisperer obviously then had to replace the lost passport which is mm. a bit of a fiasco and it was a little bit touch and go because it, it was it should be 10 weeks but not everybody was getting those with 10 weeks so yeah we're very pleased and she was a couple of days off 10 weeks yes it was it was very close to uh, mm. to the 10 weeks but um, fortunately her passport has arrived and wife of grumpy is not allowed to touch passport ever again no but then we have had another drama Ooh. since 
And I, I'm going to mildly mention the C word, but only slightly. Oh, okay, um, that's right. In that, I was with some friends having a lovely afternoon lunch with some wine, as you do. And um, one of one of them is going to Spain as well and said she had seen they were checking COVID passes. And I was like, oh, fine, yeah. that's like I was going to download mine anyway. It's fine. Mm. Um, and she was like, no, 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 because there's like a certain amount of days on it now. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She was like, oh, I don't know. So look, I looked it up myself. I thought, oh, I'll have a little looky. Had a look. You have to have been vaccinated within 270 days of arrival in Spain. Okay. And because I was very lucky, I was working for the NHS at the start of COVID. So I got my vaccine super early, Mm. which means it's been over 270 days since I've had my vaccine. So now technically I'm classed as unvaccinated. Oh, so does that mean next year you have to have another booster? Yes. Or go down the route that you're about to go down. Or go down the route that I'm about to go down, yeah. Um, so if you're boosted, there were personal reasons why I didn't get boosted at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're boosted, you're fine for Spain. If you're boosted, there's no like end date. But if you're not boosted, it's 270 days since your last vaccine. So I've had to, well, I had a bit of a frantic Google on getting the booster, but only actually realised this. You have to have had the booster for 14 days before arriving, which I didn't have 14 days. Oh, okay. So yeah. then I couldn't get yes. the booster. <laughs> so then that was a drama. So then I was looking into it, looking into tests. You can take a test as long as you have a negative result. And then you have to send it off to get the certificate. And you have to download the app and fill out the info on the app and upload the certificate to the app. And then you get a scan thing. Oh, blimey. But then I was stressing because I thought you had to go, like if you go if you go to America, even if you're vaccinated, you have to go to a test centre or yes. be observed doing the test. Yeah. So I was like looking into all these things. Finally found a great site. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but they had a live chat. So I messaged the lady on the live chat saying, oh, do you know if you have to have an observed test for Spain? And she said, no, you don't. You just have to do a test and then upload your results. Okay. It's like, perfect. So I'm doing that. It's a lateral flow as well, so I have to take it 24 hours before. And I think it cost me 20 quid. It's not too bad. No, it's cheaper than the observed ones. Mm. So I was in a panic for a few days, but I think yes. we're fine. Good. Unless I test positive on Friday when I do my test. Well, yes. That would be difficult, wouldn't it? That would be. Yeah. But then I'm, it got me thinking that if you're, obviously if you're vaccinated, you can still catch COVID, but you haven't had to do a test. But it does lessen the chances, I guess. Yes, funny enough, I was listening to the Private Eye podcast today and the guy that writes has been writing the medical column since, well, for quite a long while, but it's obviously over 2020 Mm. and 21 has expanded quite a bit. And he was talking about the statistics around people that have been vaccinated and those that haven't and those that have had it. And he said how complicated that model is. He said it's not a straightforward thing and they're still evaluating it in terms of data and whether you're, you'll have more immunity if you've had the vaccinations and you've had it or whether you've just had it and obviously all the variants then piling on top. So it's a very complicated data model. So mm. And again, we've always said on here, if you can boil it down to one metric, it's not right. It's not right. It yeah. can't possibly be right. So it always needs some sort of context and clarification. Mm. So, well, good luck on Friday. So. Yeah. If you hear our dulcet tones for the first time following Friday, you know it's all got a bit peat tongue. Yes. 
Well, the other interesting thing about Spain is you now have to prove you've got £100 in your bank. £100 to spend each day. Yeah, well, I think it's your 100 account. euros. But, yes. 100 euros. But apparently, one, they don't really check it because my friend just got went there yeah. from work and they said they didn't get checked. It's a spot check. So I think they look at your passport and judge whether or not you're going to try and stay in Spain. Uh, yeah. Like they do with random spot checks anyway. Yeah, it's not just a Spanish thing. It's the Schengen area. Oh. Uh, it's, it's many of the countries can, can ask for that. Um, and also the limitation on number of days you can stay is a Schengen thing, not a not oh. an EU thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, it is all a bit confusing, really. It is. But it has reminded me, actually, like, I think... I don't know if it's got anything to do with the European Union or not, but I'm so used to travelling without checking what I need to get into a country. Yeah. And just kind of, especially within, like, Europe, mm. just going, because, like, France, just show your passport, you get in. Mm. Same with a lot of places in Europe. Yes. But yeah. actually, probably need to start checking about what actually I yes, need absolutely. to be able yeah. to get into the country. Otherwise, they just yeah. send you home again. You make it all the way to their country, and then they send you back. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that we were before... Uh, we weren't in the EU when we were in the EU. We were outside the Schengen area, so that would have still applied. Mad. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is all a bit bonkers. Whether whether or not the being a member of the EU trumped that. So, if you were a member mm. of the EU, then the Schengen area thing didn't yeah. didn't really apply. But I did also read you can just show a credit card, which most adults yes. have, well, and that yeah. proves you can spend. Well, it doesn't prove anything because it could be maxed out. Yeah. But yeah, it is a bit. It's a bit yeah, here's my full credit card. I can definitely spend hundred euro a day on it. <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, well, presumably some ne'er do wells try to get in without any money, and that's how they, uh, mm. they restrict it. Yeah. Anyway, moving slightly outside of the EU into Turkey, I came across a newspaper clipping. A drunk Turkish man spent hours helping a search party look for a missing person before realising he was the missing person. <laughs> so he'd been drinking in friends when he wandered off into the woods. His wife was unable to contact him, so he, she and his friends called the police. In the woods, uh, Mutlu came across a search party and joined them. It was only when one of the rescuers shouted his name and he responded, I'm here, that he realised they were looking for him. <laughs> Do you know what just played out in my head as well? It's literally like him like joining and then being like, oh, what are we doing then? It's like, oh, we're looking for this dude. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. It is exactly that. And I wonder how often that happens. I, I'm sure i Probably I've more that. than we'd uh, yeah, like to admit. I'm sure I've heard that story somewhere else. Um, also the plot of um, uh, many a TV programme. <laughs> so again, in my travels around the internet... I came across a post on Reddit. What is the best job quitting story you can tell? And apparently this Ooh. did go um, viral at, at the time. This is, I think, quite old. So it starts off, I had to lay off my entire staff and myself within eight hours notice. I was a contract project manager on a government project, office type work. At our periodic review on a Thursday, the government announced they would not be renewing our contract and our last day was the next day. I brought everyone into the conference room first thing the next day. Let everyone know you sorry, let everyone know they were out of a job and that today was everyone's last day. I had everyone email me their CVs and we went over everyone's on the conference room projector and then updated them over the course of the day. I then printed out reference sheets for everybody 
and then we spent the remainder of the day writing letters of recommendation for each other. I ordered everyone pizza and bought everyone a round of drinks at the bar next door. Most folks had a job by the end of the next week. That wow. is a spectacular leader. Yeah, that is. Instead of just sulking about the fact that you've been let go. Well, I'll just say, oh, we're all gone. So See you later. Yeah, see you later. It yeah. actually put something into place and that is that is inspirational that is what ted lasso would do that's what ted lasso would do <laughs> that is what so when if you're faced with that problem what would ted lasso do exactly that yeah obviously his is scripted and uh, played out in front of uh, writers and what have you but that's what he would do perfect so for some reason i seem to be getting a lot of posts on facebook about uh, physics which yeah well i think the problem is you look at one and they go ah nerd alert and then start giving you more and more and more and sometimes they're quite interesting the spacey one's quite interesting but this one um i i'm not gonna i don't understand at all but Mm. i'm going to read out the headline we are on the verge of discovering fifth dimension and it will change everything we know about physics wait what's the fourth dimension time time cool so there is a fifth dimension they think they're about to find. And it's not only going to change physics, everybody's just going to go around with their heads on fire. <laughs> because just, they don't understand. They just don't understand. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I read this several times ago. I don't understand this. I, and and I, I cannot put it into simple words. But obviously there's something quite big happening in the physics world, which is unusual. It is mm. a slow-moving field. Mm. What, is, what could it be? The fifth dimension. I can't answer your question, to be honest. I've just reread this article. Uh, it has thing, It has to do with string theory, mm. which is sort of a stopgap, as far as I understand, to explain certain phenomenon that scientists don't really quite, can't grasp at the moment. And there's also this thing of dark matter. Yes. Which, again, is, is something that we know is there, but we can't quite put our finger on it. Mm. And apparently the vast fifth dimension may also explain the presence of dark matter. So it's some sort of force within the universe. Because there's the film, I think I mentioned it last week, Interstellar. Yes. Because they they find a fifth dimension and it's love. Yeah, you do realise that is not a documentary. No, I know. But imagine if they turned around and they were like, it's connection between people is is the fifth dimension. In which case, what would Ted Lasso do? Because he is all about the love. Don't know. Maybe he is the fifth dimension. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Lasso it is, Ted is Lasso. the fifth, fifth dimension. Anyway, another remarkable invention or discovery is the magnet-free electric motor. Magnet-free electric yes. motor. Yes. So at the moment, motors have magnets in and oh, okay. these brushes and, and stuff. And you know, the motor's unchanged for centuries, really. Mm. So being able to produce one that doesn't use magnets is brilliant and it won't wear out because there's no uh, brushes or stuff in there to get gummed up, which is often what happens with starter motors and alternators and things like that. So it's a German company called Marl, which are very well known for their uh, filters and other <laughs> car stuff. And this could be, you know, it's cheaper to make and electric cars are particularly cheap to buy. So... Maybe it's a, a step in that direction. That would be helpful. So it would. Because I would so like we'll, a new car soon. Would you now? Not that soon. 
My oh, car's okay. just had a clean. It's looking lovely. It looks brand new, to be that. honest with you. <laughs> Inside and out. <laughs> right, there's also quite a lot of the internet saying that with the energy cap going up, that um, it actually costs more to run an electric car than a... Mm. Uh, I don't know what they're comparing it with. I, I suspect it's probably not my elderly V70 estate. Yes. It's not the most fuel-efficient car in the world. You know, if it's more expensive than some of these sort of 60, 70 mile to, miles per gallon cars, then uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting mm. decision. Now, last on the scientific posts for this week, I will try and rid myself of this, <laughs> getting them for the, the next uh, episode, Lipping Grumpy. Is and this goes back to dark matter again. That scientists uh, have said the human brain has odd similarities to the entire universe. And uh, again, it's not one that I um, fully understand, but it did make a bit more bit more sense. Mm. And uh, it looked at galaxies or compared galaxies and neurons in the brain as they arrange themselves like long strings, beads on long strings. So what they're saying is that we're currently in someone's brain. And in well, everyone's brain, there's a solar system with a planet. That's a possibility. That is a that is because sometimes I make up weird stories in my head. Well, that could be the people really. in my brain living. Oh yes. God, I shouldn't say that out loud, should no. I? I'll get put no, in a mental asylum. That's no. <laughs> no. the people no. in my brain. Yes. Well, it's a yeah, it's a possibility that you know we don't know where the universe is. It's uh-huh. just there. It's mm-hmm. so it could be the fingernail of a tall giant. Oh. One day you'll just come shooting out someone's eyeball. Well, possibly. Or, you'll or nostril. That, that sounds a bit nicer. Yes, it does. It sound <laughs> good, does it? No. But that would, be, uh, that would be quite something. So I'm not sure what use that study is. Interesting, nonetheless. Mm. I did read a story when I was much younger, a short story, about the telephone system in the world, which essentially is like a brain. So yeah. it's lots of nodes connected together. And then one day the whole telephone system became aware Sort of a bit like Skynet in Terminator. Oh. And uh, yes, all the telephones rang in the world. And then it, um, from that point onwards, it had gained some sort of intelligence. Creepy. Which, yeah, but I mean, really good story. I mean, obviously, complete. Fake. Really didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to well, happen. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, pal. So, do you have a top tip for this? I do. Week? Yes. Is it a holiday related one? It's actually not, no. Oh, I might have one after the holiday that's holiday-related. It's nuisance-related. It's caused me a nuisance. Oh, dear. I don't know if anyone knows this, so I'm getting married. (laughs) Uh, We had heard. I I I think I might have done this as a top tip before, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Oh, no. Are you recycling them? I'm recycling. But do you know why I'm recycling, Dad? Grumpy. Because it's made me grumpy, right? Okay. My RSVPs oh, are no. due back on Thursday. Oh, it's only Tuesday. Thursday. <laughs> and I'm still missing like 15 people. And I'm stressed. Well, I'm stressed. So I've messaged them all saying, oh, I'm good. assuming you're not coming to the wedding because you haven't RSVP'd and it's back on Thursday. No, wife of Grumpy's done that. Done what? RSVP. No, not you. That's what I've said to people. Oh, like, you're obviously coming. <laughs> Well, I did wonder for a while. No, not you. Sorry, that was very aggressive the way I said that, but it wasn't aimed at you. I was scared. That's how I've been asking people because it's been stressing me out. Like when you, Why did you leave it so long? Well, because I thought, do you know what? We've got ages before the wedding. Like, let's give people some time. But in hindsight, is it when we sent them, it was over a year away. Actually, I think it might have just been under a year away. Anyway, a whole year. If you're busy in a year's time, 
one, I'm shocked. Two, it's probably another wedding. But like, just say, just check your diary, put it in your diary and reply as soon as you get the invite. What's the point of waiting? I don't know. Exactly. I, I don't, well, I don't understand that because I like to deal with things whilst it's in my hands, so to speak. Yeah. So I've chased some people, most of whom have now replied, I think, from my side. I've chased Ooh. mother to chase people. Well, you've been doing that for a while, complaining that people haven't sent. Yeah. But I didn't want to message too soon in case they were aware of the RSVP deadline and they were just trying to figure things out, which has not been the case for any of them. No, they just haven't done it. They just haven't done it. I but, think yeah. part of the problem is that you gave too much time. I did. I did. I think it would have been a lot better if you'd not done that. Given them like two weeks. Well, yeah, That's all you need, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, if that. So anyway, one response was, I haven't got the invite. <laughs> Someone moved house in between uh, me sending uh, it and uh, them getting it. <laughs> oh, get oh, dear. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's a good explanation. But they knew, they had known about, obviously, they're, they're coming to our wedding, so they knew about our wedding. But they obviously didn't know how to RSVP and they didn't know that they, like, that they were missed an invite or whatever. Mm. Which is shocking because their brother and sister and mum and dad all got the invite. So I don't know why. They must have thought I didn't invite them. <laughs> well, you must be getting quite irritated because you're banging the microphone again. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's because I'm like... It's, there the may table. not be a wood pigeon this week, but there's lots of microphone booming. It's okay. I've calmed just, down now. You've calmed down. I've calmed okay. down. Just if top tip. Okay. If someone invites you to their wedding, just, start, just say yes straight away. Well, or no I, straight well, away. The top tip is if you've got something in your hand that needs dealing with, deal with it there and then. Yeah, and actually do what one of our guests has done and say no and send a gift still. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Was it a good gift? Oh, we don't know yet. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it could I be think a it's over a hun- Well, from the initial message, it seems like it will be a honeymoon contribution. So it's a great gift. Oh, passport mm. cover. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. Well, for this week, I've got a fun fact. And where did that saying come from? Wrapped up in one. Yeah, so it's about the abbreviation OK. Oh, God, OK. So in 1839, the abbreviation OK was published in the Boston Morning Post, meaning all correct, an intentional misspelling of all correct with an A. So it was spelled O-L-L correct with a K. Instead of all correct, A-L-L, correct with a C. And one of the most commonly used terms was born. Mm. And it'd be actually interesting if it was A-C instead of OK. Could divers do it with their hands? You know, they do the OK thing, which looks like an O and a K. No, it doesn't. Well, it sort of does. <laughs> does it? Well, it, it? well, it does a bit, doesn't it? Well, I guess if, the, a, if your fingers were like that, it would look more like a K. Well, no, it looks... Uh, if you if you listen to this, then <laughs> we do have a video link with some very bizarre hand gestures. Okay. And the tongue's come out as that's well. That's an so OK, because I was concentrating. Look at that, that's OK. That's, that's more like a rabbit. That is, yeah. If you were projecting that on a wall, it would be a rabbit. So, And it is an internationally known word. Mm. For. So, have a good time in Mallorca. Thanks. All inclusive, so oh. make the most of it. I messaged one of my colleagues today saying, "Sorry, I won't be there. I'll be by a pool drinking all inclusive pina coladas." Fantastic. Well, have a great time, and I hope the weather's good. Yes, and we'll see you in two weeks.
That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.